cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. Soft, it's not, it's oh, it's not, heavy. Soft on times. It's, it's, it's heavy. Okay. And a very big warm welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry Sunday Sermon, where I am joined to, for today's show, uh, as usual, with my two uh, partners in crime, John Lang. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Lang. And certainly plenty to say, as usual, I think, this show. Um, Lord Malvo from Twitter, Chris. Good afternoon, Chris. Good afternoon, Lee. Right, we've got some fantastic topics to go to chew through. This, uh, it is a very busy show, and uh, we've still got uh, you. And it's not Punchestown. Fuck Punchestown. Um, <laughs> although, before we get onto the guineas, guineas, John and Chris, I'll tell you, we'll move this forward, right? So, I mean, you you know, like we said about the. Cheltenham five days, and obviously Punchestown Town are five days. Punchestown yeah. should be two fucking days. I mean, well, aside from our flat bias, but I mean, did you see the scrap on them the, them cards? Ah, absolute, absolute scrap. I mean, it made Goodwood look Group Threes, Group Twos, yeah. didn't it? It's like the Galway <laughs> Festival. It goes on for like nine months, doesn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah, start start Sunday before and finish Sunday after. Yeah. Everyone's pissed, but I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's like I get it. I, I get the Irish lover fest, lover, lover, old, good old, you know, sing along and stuff, and then, but, but, but it's just to me watching that. I looked at some of them cards, and I just it was a massive turn. And this is a sign of things to come. Now you've you've only suckle at five to one on. You've 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 lots of shorties all week in these in these hurdles and stuff. Is is that not more of what Cheltenham's going to become like? Uh, you know, in in regards, if they go five days, full of rods on jollies. Yeah, yeah, yeah You're just diluting every seat. You, you're trying to make a chat. You're trying to make twenty four. It's like boxing with WBC, WBA, IBF, WBO, Intercontinental, Silver, WBC, Silver. So many belts and champions that you don't know where to look. Who's champion? Then don't know. Um, last year's champions going to be trying to get a markdown for the not to twenty, not to hundred and twenty mares and fucking handicap years, isn't she? You know. Well, you're going to get all really that shouldn't be there, and, and that's that's a fact. Uh, you know, it, it's really it's it should be championship racing. If you could have one jumps festival a year, it should be purely championship racing and nothing else. But um, sadly. That's for another show because we're bored of jumps. Certainly, for, for you listeners, uh, you don't want to be talking about Punchers Town, do you? No, neither do we. So, we're going to go on to the new market meeting. <laughs> well, <laughs> John, Chris, they, they expanded new market for the first time since 2003 to a three dayer. What's your thoughts on that? Rotten. Yeah. I thought it was rotten anyway. I mean, I, I mean, the the thing, do you know? Again, to me, I, 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 are we all idiots here? Because we're struggling to fill races. <laughs> well, yeah, we are idiots here. We are. Yeah, that is hundred percent true. But, but we've literally got a fixture list that's just beyond bizarre. Some meetings I'll wake up on a Tuesday and there's six to go out. You know, and and, and 
it's, we're struggling to fill lots of single uh, figure fields. We're averaging something like seven runners a race uh, on the flat so far, which is just dreadful. And, you know, it's new market decide, I know what's a good idea for this year. Let, let's resurrect the old three day festival festival of of the guineas meeting and i don't think it's added anything having the extra day um don't think it, i think the crowd was quite poor on friday from what i read and you know it was quite quite dead and so i'm i'm not quite sure where they're at with this but i think all three is agree, three of us agree don't we that it's probably not a wise move going it's uh, yeah, yeah. anyway Let's get on to our two cracking uh, class first classics of the season before we discuss the rest of the meeting, and we'll um, we'll go to the to the big one, the two thousand guineas on Saturday, and I think the general consensus is, chaps, that this was a a rather good renewal. You know, I'm not saying a vintage renewal, but a very, very good renewal. A lot of uh, uh, messages I've had uh, regarding this, you know, says that Nick the Nip has been on. And he said, one one for the pod, guys. I think this could be one of the best guineas in a long time. The first four, obviously, very good. Luxembourg uh, off to the Derby. But where? But he says, where would you go with the others? Caribus, Native Trail and Aden. Godolphin will surely keep theirs apart from now on. Well, before we get there, we'll, we will look at this, this uh, John. And the 2,000 guineas this year, how how do you rate the race? Um, I gave Caribus 123 for the win, um, yeah. which was round about as, probably as low as I dare go with him, to be honest. I mean, uh, I think Luxembourg's run the career best. I put him on 118. Yeah. Um, and I thought Aiden ran to one one three. Um, I gave Native Trail one two one, which was one pound below his official. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the front four ran very very well, and the the the, the horses immediately behind that front four also went pretty close to the marks. I thought. I thought Lou Sale was £2 below his official mark, given that he missed the kick. Had a bit of messing running, um, but maybe benefit from being at the back. He off well, so I, I only knocked £2 off him, one one one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was a very good guinea. Yeah, gave, gave me that feel as well. Um, uh, Chris, what... Did you did you take it take anything out of guineas? Did you did you sort of just well, sometimes I, you you'll get a gut feeling for something? Well, I, I two things that sort of sprung to mind is how on earth did Eden get beat in that race before it the one it won at uh, <laughs> the race before? That was ungodly. Because uh, I biked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's probably it, isn't it? Yeah. I, I'm unreal. And the other thing is, I hope. I hope the Godolphin runners yesterday avoid the Derby because I'm after timing it. I've got a 33 to one voucher in London for the Derby, so I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that's then that's the only two things I took out of the Guineas yesterday. Keep keep it away from the Derby. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, that's not a, that's not a bad anti-post voucher at all. Um, no, I, I, I don't think there's any danger of Godolphin sending either of them in tow to the Epsom deal. No, I, I think I think you're certain to get a run, and and you'll not you're not going to be that price. So um, nowhere near. Um, but um, I, I I said to John, uh, uh, we were messaging on Saturday after after the race, and I did say I did feel that Luxembourg was. The, I believe, but the best prospect out of the race simply because I, I genuinely think that Marna quarter races, uh, Marna races this season. I, I, I genuinely think I don't, he, he could be unbeatable. Um, I think I think to do what he did on in that Guineas, where the track we knew the track wouldn't suit. Everyone knew the track would just not play to his strengths. Um, he actually stumbled quite bad after the start, which is never ideal. Um, he was always on the back foot. Um, obviously, not got the foot of Caribus. Um, But having said that, John, I'm, I'll just rebound a, a thing to you here. If if you were to run the Guineas at Newbury, right, same runners, same pace setup, everything, right? You know, yeah, how, you'd 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 make Luxembourg a lot shorter, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, because I mean, he he stumbled, hasn't he? Um... He was probably held up a little bit further back than the so you'd maybe turn around him a little bit handier. Although I don't I don't think those front three all benefited where where Aiden was just off the front rank. Um yeah. I think Aiden's done really well actually to, to keep on like he has because he wasn't really ridden how how would have wanted him ridden dropping back in trip. Um, he didn't really finish his race off. He certainly didn't give the impression he wants a mile and a half. I think he'd be a French derby arse rather than Epsom. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Luxembourg's probably on a par with them two, given all things being equal, which is hellish good, really, given the, the fact that he's, he's almost certainly bred for 10 for long. You couldn't be cast in about 12, but you know, he, he has a he has that lean, lengthy look of a ten to twelve furlong arse rather than powerful mile. So yeah, I mean, I mean, Nick 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 the Nipper also went on to say about Aiden. Um, he he said that it was a great pick from you, really, to to find that one to, to obviously bolt up. Uh, was it in the field? I can't I can't remember the name of it. Was it? It won. Yeah, it won, it won the fail. And some, sometimes I amaze myself. Yeah, <laughs> and and obviously fourth in the guineas, which you know again, um, I, I think the horse has got a lot more to come. So I think it's a cracking pick as well. His attitude is fantastic, the horse. And if they don't overface him this year, I think he could be really, really good next year. Yeah, there's no reason why that horse can't win some really, really big races. I agree. I agree with you. I think you've got to campaign him right. Um, you know, maybe keep him away from uh, the best of the best, if you like. But just, keep, I mean, that. But that doesn't mean you're not going to win Group Ones. That just means you just you just kept away from the. I mean, I'd, I'd definitely not take him to Epsom. No. No. So we don't know. We'll tell you got to send an email to Harry Potter like you've sent one to Sam Clover, John. I may say. 
John Sam Clover about Papa Cocktail. Um, yeah, so there you go. Just thought I'd breaking news there on Barstool. And Tom replied. Tom replied. And, and get a lovely reply it was as well. Oh, nice. John to share. Private information. Oh. Oh, okay. John? How many? <laughs> well, let's just say he's taken my thoughts on board vis-a-vis last night. And uh, I, I think we might, if we're lucky, see a dropping trip next time and uh, hopefully a bigger field with a bit of a gallop on. There we go. Barstool's exclusive. Clover listens to Jonas Lang. Yeah, there we go. That's 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 what it's all about. Marking the cards. Um, going back to the guineas, uh, there's one thing that I need to mention that I think is very underplayed, and I'm surprised we're not seeing more of it in the media outlets. One what I'm reading and different people on Twitter. There's a there's a draw bias this meeting, isn't there? Maybe. I don't think there's a maybe about it. I think I think it's I think it's clear. I think it's open and shut case. I think I think there's nothing that's that's come down this far wing in the big 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 field races anyway. Even the smaller field sprints and stuff, everything's far side. Look at look at the two to sprint for uh, the haymaker of Hugh Morrison's yeah. and North Lincoln Mark Prescott's. Where did they come? They were, they were separated from the pack. They, they didn't they didn't go with the pack. They were sort of like, they weren't on that far rail. And the clerks confirmed it. He said the stand side is the slowest place place to be. So are we are we a bit quick here? The, the, everyone, I've seen everyone on Twitter, Karibas, what a machine, blah, blah, blah. Right? To me, had the best draw. Uh, I think that was the place to be on that side with Luxembourg, etc. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that it's enough to turn around the form or anything like that. I'm not crabbing Karibas. But what I'm saying is, it didn't help Native Trail install 15. I can't have that. Lou Sale as well installed 12. That's the that's the other eye catcher. That that definitely gets a mile, um, Lou Sale. So they've got a lot of options with that. Um, but you look again today. Was it the? We'll move on now to the um, the thousand guineas, John, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll dissect that if we can. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I mean, Nell Gwynform, etc. But again, right? So, like, you've got a 13 runner field. Um, winner stall three, uh, second stall nine, that's round well, stall four. And, you know, there are high draws running well in behind them, but they're not winning. They, they've not done it all meeting. They've not won all meeting. The high draws on the straight track have just not won. And so. Um, I think it's it's underplayed. People haven't noticed. People, even yourself, John, who's a good judge, even you said, well, maybe. I'm telling you there is. I, I, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. that, you, you know, the, the clerk says it's slower uh, towards the stand side. And, and I just think Native Trail, we might be a bit quick here. And, and especially as Appleby said after the race, he said, even though he's won here, Newmarket's not his track. Um, you know, That's it's... it's he, yeah. I mean, I mean, again, John. Just another question, another hypothetical question, because we like these. So let's say they let's say they reappears in the which they won't do because they probably said they were not going to clash again. But let's say they do at somewhere like St James's Palace, right? And the, and they're going to make Caribbean's favourite, obviously, right? Would would you be a native trail backer if it, if it's like say if they went something like five to four Caribbean's, seven or two? Native trail. Are you a native trail backer? I'd each way wanker him. 
Well, you, that's it. The old each way dirty thief, but even at seven or two fifty odds, you get yeah. seven tenths of your money back, John. Well, I certainly couldn't back Caribus at five to four. Confirm the length and a half against a horse that possibly had a bad draw, possibly didn't accelerate into the dip as well as it might have. Um, yeah. So, at, at, at those prices, no, uh, no. no, I couldn't back Caribus, but. No. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Caribus did confirm the form either, you know, because I think he's a very good horse. But as we've said, it's an exciting guineas, and I, th- I think there's a lot of things people can look at. I think something like Lou Sale for Hannon the Cannon, they'll be probably looking at some French races uh, for that. Um, you know, the seven, seven and a half furlong race is no problem for Lou Sale. Lou Sale does get a mile though. I'm adamant. I'm not bothered. You know, on 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 an easy mile, I'm not a problem with Lou Sale getting the trip. Um, you know, wouldn't necessarily back it uh, around a stiff mile, but but yeah, he's he's. I was impressed with Lou Sale from that draw as well. It was coming on real nice. Um, in the closing stages, Lou Sale. Um, coming on a bit better actually and not in fourth because I had, had a bit each way on him on the sports well course. you mentioned him yeah you you yeah. said it. he said it was a ludicrous pro- I think he was I saw him on the morning John I think he, he was like 90 95s on yeah. the machine yeah. and I'm thinking I was tempted I was like I was doing something else but I was like tempted to have a little bit at 95 I think how can you be 95 he, um, he couldn't be he had to be the fire yards for Mike. Well, I said that on Friday night. He had to beat the fire yards. I'd have been astonished if Fires had finished in front of that. Yeah. And the Fires were like 12 to 1 at the time where he started, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it's very solid form anyway. And I'm not knocking, if, if people listen to this thinking, oh, you're just knocking a Guineas win of Caribbean. I'm not. I think it's a very smart horse. And the bearded jockey, he's tweeted about if Doyle of that have hung on to Caribus longer, to one more impressive, etc. Possibly, you know, these are all these are all opinions, and I do do respect a lot of uh, pe- people's opinions that that I follow, and and it could that could be the case. But it was a bit disappointing that the Kiltas didn't manage to confirm the farm, wasn't it? <laughs> the thing is, I mean, we're all betting where the kilt's going next. We're all patronage, John. I know, I'm a bit surprised you didn't show him in a chest just to put him spot on for Dante, but... <laughs> this this will be in a 0 to 105 handicap by end of year. Doncaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the kill. It's, it's, should, should, I mean, poor Royal Patronage. If you could pick a trainer. Uh, sadly for Royal Patronage, it's not going to end well, I don't I, think. I mean, um, he, he stuck on... Credit to the horse, he continually led that fairly. He stuck on reasonably well, but it's it probably bottomed him out, you know, because he's, well, he's, well, he's probably going to have to strike toe, and uh, you know, you can see him being very keen at York. Well, that's it, you know, that's that, that, that's a race we wouldn't, if we owned it, been lucky enough to own something like that, there's no way we'd have run in the guineas, we'd, we'd have tell Kilt the fuck off. We'd have just said, no, we're not. What's the point, idiot? Um, you'd have just said, get it ready for the for the Dante, and then we'll. And if we feel we want to go Derby or we want to go King Ted, yeah. And by the way, we're not leading in the fucking Dante. <laughs> and ninety-six-year-old Joe Fanning is not fucking riding. John, if I was a wealthy man, a really wealthy man, I would, I would. Um, Put an horse with Johnston and you'd be right my racing manager, having daily liaisons with him. 
It'd be on pay-per-view on Sky, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> it's my dream scenario. Um, I know, sad life, I'll leave. Uh, ringside. <laughs> yeah, I would, that's something. The kilt knocking the living out each other. Yeah, he suffers no falls the kilt. He, he didn't speak to racing TV for about 14 years after getting face on, so I can imagine some real battles. Um, thousand guineas, John. Cafe, uh, Frank in the very, very strong Nell Gwynn form, like we said. <laughs> uh, yeah, as, as we said at the time, Lee. Um, yeah. <laughs> we get a bad Nell Gwynn winner here. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is it. I, I mean, I, that was a that was one out. That, that was a curveball. Um, but again, you know, we've seen it in Newmarket so many times. You get on that front end, you know, you keep rolling. She's obviously got a very good constitution. You can't knock the filly. She, she's straight downstairs, cripples, and now she's at one further. Yeah, the 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 French horse of Fab Zelly. Um, I would be amazed if that's not in some kind of oaks, whether it's the Prix de Diane um, or something. I don't. I mean, the, she's entering the coronation, but she just looked totally outspeeded there today. She she just ground ground it out and stayed on. And whilst I, I've got a lot of respect for Zelly as a as a, as a filly, she's a nice filly. She's just not got the pace for a mile on that evidence. Um, Tuesday was third. Um, obviously, there was market confidence behind that. Just had every chance. Nothing. Prosperous voyage shaped the best for me um, of the of the ones that that's, that's ran well, and that that puts the context of the form. I think. And I, John, I, I come to cash here, running to 110 tops. I, I give it 111. Um, <laughs> you would just one. I don't know, just to be fucking awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. The 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 one uh, again. I'd be wary of taking it out the race because I think she's pretty exposed going into it. That was Sandrine at Bowlings. I thought she travelled up nicely, made a ground down the possibly unfavoured stand side. Yep. Um, but again, I mean. She's run 104. I mean, if you, if you say she gets a better run, you, you're only maxing her out at 108 anyway, which is what she did last year. You know, I, I don't think they're a great lot. No, I don't. And the thing with tenebrism, um, and I got asked a, a few things today about tenebrism because it seems everyone had the same message from Ryan Moore. Um, regarding how good tenebrism was, get on right, get on tenebrism, blah blah blah. I, I watched the Shirley Park back again and the fact that three of the first four own were on that stands rail last autumn and it was sent to be a stands rail sort of day put me off because the fourth horse is uh, Nick Bradley's in very good. And, and, and even though tenebrism showed a real sharp turn of foot, and I do think she is a sprinter. I, I think on, I think that's it. She didn't get, get didn't get home today. hundred percent. She's not a miler. She's probably, uh, you know, a six, seven, six stroke, seven furlong for like, do I think she's top class? No, um, I think she's very good, but I don't. I don't think she's 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 top 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 draw. That's that's my take on it, John. I certainly wouldn't have written hundred and twenty any time soon. No, I, I think like you say, she could be hundred and ten sprinting something like that, maybe. <laughs> anyway, right, that's enough of that. I think I think we've had enough reviews. Um, 
Uh, also, oh, Andy Andy McGee's been on. He said, "Why did Spencer go to the middle of go from the middle of the track all the way to the stands rail on light infantry?" Andy, easy. It's fucking Spencer, <laughs> an idiot. Um, what what do you get if you if 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 you if, if you Simcox jockey? What what do you expect? <laughs> Just more of the same. Right, uh, give that a chance, did he? It's all right. No, and, and to be fair, light infantry is probably a nice horse um, as well. You know, I've, I've no doubt that'll be a real nice horse this year. And somebody, again, said, somebody was saying Jersey Stakes for that after the guineas. I thought, for God's sake, I mean. She's going to go to Ascot. You've got to run the SJP, haven't you? The favours are all up there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's it. If, if you've got, you've got to find a race that favours something drops out because that's that's the way they, that's the way they do things. Sadly. Okay. One final take before we move on from the weekend's racing, John. I, I was particularly upset with the Doncaster Ground yesterday yeah. evening. I thought it was a disgrace. Now I've listened to the Mark to Mark Prescott pod on the advice of Stuart Williams, friend of the show, trainer, Stuart Williams, friend of the show. And 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 he said about they have to water now because of the grass. And that's because the grass they've created over time, they have to keep watering it. Yeah, the grass is in the shit, it? it sounds that way. Um I mean I respect what some art prescott says because he knows a lot more than I do um on the subject. But at the same time, all they were doing for me last night was just knocking the top off, and just and you just got this mound of turf just flying up and and into runners' faces in behind. It was it was not a pretty sight to see, I don't think. And the time suggested um, it certainly wasn't quick. Uh, you know, you can't you can't be running uh, Doncaster's races four seconds slow. And be saying this is this is good to firm ground, you know, nice horses as well, you know, eighty plus horses, and they they, they they're getting within four seconds of standard on 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 the straight courses, it, and that's the relayed one in essence. I mean, that's the that's the one that's had the you know the drainage, the the new surface, the, you know. I, I I just I just I'm I'm, a, I'm fed up now. We're talking about it because the, the probably our listeners are as well. But it's, it's the thing, isn't it? You know. We're supposed to be creating a fair surface for, or, or just, just a, you know, a quick. Why not? What is wrong with good to firm, John? Nothing, nothing at all, and they can't even argue that there is anything wrong. But they've got it in their heads now that safe is good or slow, and trainers don't help by backing, by taking scores of horses out the minute there's any firm in the going description which no. makes Clarks get the wind up. And when Clarks get the wind up, the reach for the taps. Pretty much. Um, if, I, I, if I needed a fast crack, put it this way, looking at where, how Doncaster water and their pots, which is quite heavy, and this is what you need to look at with certain tracks, um, I think if you're an owner, is if I if I needed a horse that wanted good to firm ground, I would now Doncaster out for the summer. I, I I wouldn't go there because I know what's coming. They just simply overwater, and you, you'd end up with some like real false racing surface. So for runners out there, if you've got runners that want good to firm ground, don't run at Doncaster this summer. It looks like looks like some of you have taken heed with the amount of runners there uh, on Saturday night. Five runners, six runners, seven runners, four runners, eight runners, five runners, five runners. 
And uh, there should be less than that if they carry on chucking that, that amount of water on. Um, okay, we'll move on. And we'll come to we'll come to we'll come to a good question now. Funny question. Let's have some fun to the show. We're boring. Uh Rory Swandell with a question of the day from here. Good question. Um he said here, he said, trying to a mate, he says, not a hot topic, but you don't see many shins or priests at the races anymore. Socks socks seem on their way out. And John Joe sounds like a man with a sheepskin jacket or two. What we things have you you guys ever noticed changing over the last few years? Chris, I'm coming. What 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 have you noticed change about the great racing arena? I think I think your correspondent is right. We were just sort of deliberating. Other than John Monson, I can't remember seeing a sheepskin in the last sort of twenty years. I don't know <laughs> what that is, but they. they fallen out of favour and also gambling priests he's right you know you see priests at the races but my, my answer to that is they're probably all in jail for being child molested that's why you don't see <laughs> that's, that's, that's literally answered but but i think also i mean look uh, bookmakers certainly in the, in the sat be immaculately turned out and uh, when i went racing last sort of before the lockdown you know, they, they look like they cover themselves with glue and run through Oxfam. You know, there's people in fucking shorts, T-shirts, and a bookmaker, certainly the Rails bookmakers, all used to be immaculately turned out. I think it goes to the fact that, that people don't bother dressing up anymore. You know, everything's smart casual, isn't it? So so I, I think I think the dress code has changed in the last 20 years, uh, to, to, to my mind. It used to be very smart, but now they're not. Yeah, I, I can remember, like, the... In the late 80s, early 90s, uh, even the ground tracks. Um, yeah. I, visit, I visited Wembley a yeah. few times and the, the bookmakers were immaculately dressed. Uh, suits, you know, big Cuban cigars. Um, you, know, Morris, you know, head to toe, you know, absolutely. You could cut your fingers on the creases of his stride. So, yeah, I mean, people got dressed up to go out, but, but they don't seem to do that now. No, it's it's, it's, it's it, like you say. It, it's it's a pastime. I, I, I mean, you see, you look at old photos of of, gra- of ground tracks, things like that, and the 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 the, the chaps that paraded the um, the grounds had yeah. had had, had uh, ties, a, a suit and ties on underneath yeah. their their white coats. They had a bowler hat on, yeah. and they had and and they had suit and ties under the coats as they parading the dogs. It was all very, you know, it was a very upmarket, you know, pr- portrayed a kind of upmarket kind of feel. And yeah, I, I think we remember Percy Thrower he used to cut the grass wearing a, a sky pod. You know, pe- people got dressed up to, to pretty much do it <laughs> outside. So, you know, that, that was how people dressed. I think it is quite sad that, that, you know, people feel able and permitted to turn up in pretty much anything. Uh, I'm not sure that that you know having smart bookmakers is necessarily good for business sort of i think jeff banks was, was you know, a couple of weeks ago but but it, it, you know they used to be immaculately turned out you used to see in the south people like alan kinghorn you know fabulously dressed you look like film stars you know uh, and that that was just the way it turned out it's quite sad that you see some of them now they look like they're going down the tip don't they I mean, I mean, Jeff Banks quite controversial. There's, there's probably half, half of the stuff Jeff says I agree with, and the other half, you know, I just completely disagree with. But on, 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 on attire, I actually, I actually do think that because it's like if you, 
if you anyone if you go for a job interview or you go for a whatever and if, if you're if you're putting 50 pounds of your hard-earned money i think you'd be drawn more to the smartly dressed person to put your money with than say somebody with no socks on yeah possibly yeah you know they, they are turf accountants and so the name sort of implies some degree of of sort of respectability professionalism uh, and, and i think you know you see people turn up the races now and you know look dreadful absolutely awful but that's the way of the world though isn't it change yeah john well the bookie could be stood there stark naked with weeping stars on his bell end if there was half a point difference <laughs> no way i'd be betting with <laughs> So if it's the nines or two and fours, you ain't going to bank, John, are you? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, <laughs> plus you'd have to engage in conversation as well. And uh, I never like <laughs> listening to people that uh, were born three and up and are convinced they scored a hat-trick. Old <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey getting some stick. On the subject of bowler hats, um, the last time I saw a bowler hat, it was being worn by Bob Todd in a soft car palm film while he was spanking some lass in the shower. Yeah. Um, Bob Todd was an old uh, was a, was a farmer before he came into acting, and I I had a conversation, and I'm sure that the Twitter arty will will sort of pile on on this. But I had a conversation with Jim Davison of all people at a at a sort of a charity event, and he was telling me that in show business at the time. There was nobody that could drink more than Bob Todd. I can believe that. Drinks he used to have don't exist in, in the modern world. He used to have like sort of whiskey, vodka, and coke in the same in a pint glass and chuck that boom and another one. He said the guy was absolutely unbelievable. We could drink un- and even the sort of so-called heavyweights. Incredible guy. But he's a farmer, so he, you know he was sort of quite rough and ready anyway. But yeah, yeah. drink up. And with regard to the sheepskin coat situation, um, I've never owned one, but um, the, the only trainer I remember having one was one Dennis Yeoman, who used to train at Scotland. Yeah. And uh, he, he was a bit of a fish. Yeah. We, uh, we were over there, and my mate was putting some leathers on one for him. And uh, it, we'd had a bit of chill on, and we were about 90 minutes getting these leathers on. And uh, we were going into the house for a coffee. And as we went in, his missus is coming down the stairs with a suitcase. She said, that's it, you fucking bastard, I'm off. <laughs> and she, she, went straight, she went straight past us out the front. And Dennis turned round. I thought he was going to go after her. And he said, do you want tea or coffee? Good stuff. Yeah. Good, 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 good stuff, that job. Uh, right, uh, moving on. Star Sports been doing some cracking interviews and credit to uh, Ben Keith, Simon Knott and the gang for doing the Betting People series. Um, some series are more interested than others, naturally. Um, and this week they've, they've had on uh, Patrick Veach. Yeah. Um, it was certainly a a big factor in my interest in the game, to be honest. Um, with Clive Holt, my father being a bookmaker also, but but Patrick Veach certainly 
acquired my attention um, when I was about 16 years old. And quite a hundred quid's worth of pound coins in the in the phone box, I think. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> it was. It was. He started a very sour relationship from my mother as I ran up massive phone bills listening <laughs> to the professional Patrick yeah. Veach. You know, 8:30 p.m. messages the know. night before. Oh, and, Right, so I remember when I was I was about sort of a little bit old, but I was living at home. I used to I, I took a day off work, terrified because I, I figured this is when the phone bill's landing, and I got to the front door and managed to squirrel the phone bill inside my shirt when the, when the postman delivered it, and the bill was about four hundred quid then. Yeah, I mean, as always with these with these sort of like when you're young and you're learning the game, these tipping lines, etc. Um, the first time I rang Patrick Beach, he um, it was it was a a, a a a Halloween chase meeting at Newbury. I always remember the Halloween chase, which they've now moved to another meeting at the at, later on the, in the year, which is quite weird. Um, anyway, and he tipped a treble, and all three won. They, they always do. The first time you ring, they'll they'll yeah. all win. Because if if yeah. they don't, you won't ring again. You'll just go, no, no fuck him, he's useless. <laughs> so of course, of course, of course, they all won. And as a sixteen-year-old that could that had got a bit of a tash and a beard and could yeah. could get in the bookies, um, you know, I won about under a quid. Like on my very first bet, trebles, doubles, singles, and I got the book. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And I think then he went on a terrible run. Um, <laughs> oh. And um, and it, like I said, the first phone bill came in, and you know it was like about three hundred quid. And um, my mother went absolutely berserk, yeah. and um, naturally, and there's a lock on the phone, so it was a case of drawing my savings out in pound coins to go to the phone boxes. I didn't realise that at the time that phone boxes charged you more, even more than than the home phone lines. So your pounds, I it used to watch the credits go down on the digital numbers. It used to go like ninety nine pence, ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety six, ninety five. 90. <laughs> I'm thinking, steady on, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> I'm a te- terrible having a wank in a call box with a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> the, the number of times I've been there for like five or six minutes, and like the, you, you get someone queuing up outside the phone box, not seeing me speaking no, because yeah. you, you're listening to it previously. <laughs> and I've got a pen and paper, and they're looking, they're actually staring in the phone box. Are you using this phone? As if are you using this phone? You're not speaking, yeah. you know. And it's like, so yeah, you had all that. Um, so thanks to Patrick Veach. Um, he was one of the first pioneers of the premium rate line, but he used to spend 15 minutes talking about the weather. Yeah, he was a bastard. Lovely morning here on the gallops. You know, you smell the new mown hay and all that. Come on, you're yeah, running out there of was one. There was one time I'd spent, I'd spent three quid. Uh, already and he talked about a bit about the weather and the ground tomorrow and then he went on about oh, he just spent the day at his father's john veach he's uh, you know john veach had bought this lovely mare and um he spent the day with him there and you know and he had a lovely day uh, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't the worst you remember old colin tinkler he, he'd spent 15 minutes telling you he'd been watching the falls gallivanting at the stud <laughs> And then tell you how you're fucking lot on a threes on pork with Graham McCart riding in a selling hurdle. Yeah, the the conclusion was terrible with Colin Tinkler, weren't it? It it would be it would be an odds on pork in a yeah. It, uh, I don't know. Half landed. Yeah. 
But anyway, so that's worth a listen for any listeners. Uh, go to Star Sports and listen to Patrick Veach. I think it's worth did, a listen. Did he used to knock Emma Ramsden? I thought I might get mixed up. I don't, I don't know. To, to be honest, Patrick Veach is so private. Um, yeah, but she is. No, but yeah. she even told somebody. I, I think. Well, that, the interview was good, but he, like all of these things, the sort of questions that you want to know the answer to, he's not going to answer. So I, I, I thought it was enjoyable, but you know, I, I come away with the with the with the impression again that if he was made of chocolate, he'd eat himself, and that's what you want uh, in, in a yeah. person. You know, he's got that kind of arrogance, that that sort of that kind of air about him. But yeah, it, it was good. It was enjoyable. But ultimately, you know, what you want to know, he, he ain't going to tell you, is he? You know, that, that's the bottom line. Well, he, he was one of my heroes, with, yeah. with, along with Clive Alt, um, Fine Form as your guide. And if you haven't read that, um, right. you need to read it. It's just, it's just, it gets your heart and soul pumping, um, unlike the bookmakers these days, um, which now brings us on to our next thorny topic. Um, the single customer view, and there was a big debate this morning again on it on at the races where they actually got um, Labour MP Carolyn Carol, Carolyn Harris, who has been obviously very, she's she's one of the uh, uh, fronting the reform groups for reforming gambling, and she's been very critical of uh, bookmakers in particular the the way they've they've uh, handled uh, people that suffer harm from gambling, and. To be honest, I do resonate with a lot of what she said. In fact, that that to be honest, most most uh, reform reform gambling groups I, I, and people I've spoke with, I do agree with a lot of what they say. I just don't agree with the solutions um, because it's like the old thing that um, it's like the old walnut and sledgehammer uh, routine with trying to solve something. And Carol, Carol Harris today has apparently come on at the races. Quite positive, really. Said she doesn't blame, uh, like she, she's not targeting horse racing and sports betting. She just wants to target slots and casinos. Well, I'm a bit pissed off by that because she's never made that really clear. Not not totally 100% clear until her interview today on at the races where she made it very clear that horse racing and sport wasn't her target for restricting players. And we know that players are already being restricted, which is very sad. Now, the problem with... Um, it's The thing is with Carolyn Harris is, if she had been more clear with this, and, you know, from the very, very start, um, only 3% of people play online slots and casinos. So that basically means that... Um, well, you can work that out. So, so like, three in every 100 people are just solely slot and casino players. The other 97 can quite happily bet away on football, golf, horse, horses, tennis, whatever. And sadly, you know, it's as if they're trying to bring these rules in to, to hinder everyone's enjoyment. And, and, and again, chaps, we've got to be in a... We're, we're in definite agreement, aren't we, all three of us, that this is, this is the wrong way to do things? Definitely. I'm still not convinced it's all going to go through because somebody somewhere near the exchequer is going to say, hang on a minute. Well, that's the plan behind the scenes. Um, obviously, Councillor Woodman, good friend of the show, he's, 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 you know, he interacts with a few people of uh, 
influence and 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 certainly that's that's the thing that's the sort of modus where we, we're trying to say well uh does he interact with that one that was looking for the tractor and ended up finding a porn actor <laughs> tractors and porn actors john you love that on the front bench he, he must have had that on race control when he was doing his search yeah, and he, he he said tractor and computers thought he said porn actor John, the thing is, though, I'm not having this from you because if you were an MP on Labour front bench on the other side, you know, you, I could see you there with your big red tie. I have a big you kid know. the Labour Party. They don't like socialists. And I know, but but I'm just saying, if you were on front bench, and, and right, so this 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 is what happened, right? You get it, you 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 get a video sent to you. You pop it up on your phone like you do. You never switch your phone on silent either, so it'd be like blaring out. Yeah. And and it and it'd come through, and it'd be from MacIver, and it'd be some absolutely rancid, you know, rancid. Oh, yeah, it'd be some some woman in <laughs> fucking a donkey or something. Yeah, and and then you'd be put forward, and you'd be saying, "Look at this bastard here. He's he's you know he's 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 a Labour MP. He's representing all these nice people in the good northeast of England, and he sat I'd, there. I just adopt the Townsend defence and say I'm working on a book. <laughs> Exposing all this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and just anyway, <laughs> good stuff that job, matter. Harold Roberts, poor Harold Roberts, good friend of the show. He, he's, he's, he enjoys our tips and he, he's thanked us numerous times, um, you know, for our, our good tips. Well, he's thanked us numerous times. We haven't had numerous. <laughs> he's, he's maybe thanked us twice. <laughs> yeah. For both winners. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am probably, you know, I am probably over-egging it there. But anyway, he's been on his Harold and he said... He said, "He said the thing is for me with this SCV lock, and I agree, I, just, I agree with him. You know what's happened to the old customer service angle with the bookmakers? What 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 what's happened? What, why 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 is everyone getting treated like like idiots? Well, you know, like Harold Roberts. He said basically he spent about six hours trying to get his account back uh, this weekend or or last few days." Um, you know, trying to withdraw some money, they wouldn't wouldn't have it. They want to see this. They want to. See that. No answer to this, and that is the fact that employing absolute apes these days. Yeah. You cannot get the staff. I mean, any sort of job, such as like customer services, bookmaker, even like the likes of curries, it's right across the board. They're shit. They can't be asked to learn the rules or the terms of terms and conditions of trade and they just sit there and they just talk shite and they pass you from pillar to post because all they're doing is waiting to get through to the next paycheck yeah. and that's where we're at yeah and and spot on John I, I think that's I think that's it I think I think we've we've forgotten the art in this country I think in in, in high street stores everything is about customer service and just and just dealing with customers and if you have a pleasant experience you will go back and spend more and this is the model of the bookmakers that's the bit i don't understand i i understand they want to stop ghost accounts i understand they don't want people just setting just buying someone's bet 365 account for 200 quid you know using passports uh, bank statements etc etc to be able to place bets on BR so they can get on Right, I get the bookmakers don't want that, and I reckon this is all part of that. But 
Um, nevertheless, that doesn't stop general nice customer service with people just, you know, to thank them for the business and whatever. And I think Jeff Banks has touched on this. And I don't, like I said, there's a lot of Jeff things Jeff Banks does I don't like. But, but at the same time, he's right on this that, you know, you should pride yourself on customer service and give the best customer service you possibly can. Um, you know, unless there's cost- big collusion. Unless there's big collusions with greyhound punters, except we don't, don't want to say too much on that, else I'll be in court with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we I, we get it. I mean, it, this is it. It's uh, Harry uh, uh, Harold Roberts. I I totally agree. I think I think it's 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 a disgrace what's happening with with the bookmaking industry at the moment, and. I, I do think they're on the wrong track. And uh, Neil Channing wrote an article um, this week, and I, I was a little bit upset by it because I still think Neil doesn't under. And he, I'm going to try and get him on the show. I think he, he, he's agreeing to come on the show. I think in a pod um, regarding SCV, but I don't agree with Neil in in terms of his his understanding of SCW. I really don't. It's very very simple. Is the SCW it doesn't involve anything. You don't need staff. You don't need. You don't need. You don't need a gambling commission. You don't need anyone. It's a wallet that sits in Skrill, PayPal, whichever payment provider you want. You put your thousand pound in there for the month, right? You can deposit with any bookmaker you choose. Bookmakers aren't going to worry about money laundering. It can go back to your wallet. If you win two thousand, you can still bet that two thousand, but you've only got a thousand pound until next month. I honestly think that's the if you're going to do something, that's the best solution because that way they can still attract you with loyalty bonuses, free bets. And still, and they're going to worry then about people moaning, saying, "Oh, free bets has made, made him kill himself," you know, and all this rubbish. It, it's that can't happen because under the wallet system, they know that that's clean, affordable money. That that's that's all the bookmaker needs to know. You don't need staff, you don't need compliance officers, you don't need you don't need rammel idiot, you know, Eastern Europeans talking rubbish on on Betfair chat and things like that. You don't need staff. You don't need the gam. You don't need anyone. You don't need ombudsmen. You don't need nothing. But again, like like in life, like the politicians of this world, you don't make money out. You don't make money if there's not a mess, John. Isn't that correct? There has to be a mess for them to make money. Well, somebody's going to make some money out of it. There'll be some sort of quango set up in guarantee that to yeah. oversee things. And as I say, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced it's all going to go through because, as I say, the, the exchequer's not going to like. They're not going to like any projections that they're seeing from this. No, so we're hoping there's a big late intervention from the Treasury. But that was what I was... I was originally informed about six weeks ago that that was the official Treasury position, that they wouldn't be considering horse racing under single customer view or any other kind of madness staking restrictions. That's what I was honestly told. And that's from the, the, the horse's mouth. I, I but, don't think the economy can take the hit. No. Well, you don't know. I mean, they, they, they chuck money about these idiots. Like, as long as it's for their own means, they'll chuck it about. Um, I think that's uh, that's how we've lived for the last two years. Uh, it's a disgrace. But anyway, we'll move on to one final question, and then we'll go to the Jimmy Lindley. And Tony Harbour's been on, and he said... Um, put this. I'll put this. I'll, I'll put this to anyone really. Would you rather have an 85 rated horse carrying top weight in a 0 to 85 handicap, or the same horse carrying eight stone eight in a say 0 to 105 handicap? John, depends very really much on the horse. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, well, if he was going the right way, I'd, I'd stay 
in not to eighty five company until I went above eighty five. But that said, if there was us that was on the way down a bit and they'd been carrying nearly enough top weight, I'd uh, I'd maybe try and and nick a knot to one of somewhere like Ascot, drop him out and hope he finishes off well with the light weight. You know? Yeah. I mean I mean it's there are there are different I mean there was a horse that, that we back yesterday, John Ingram tour, and um it that was that was carrying eight stone seven in a naught to not was it not hundred? I think it was off. It was off eighty two or something, and that was nearly bottom weight, and that's one pulling uh, one by a potato field. So I think I, I think it depends on the size of the horse, physical. Because remember, I think as long as you got the physical scope, it doesn't really matter what grade you're in to a de- to a degree. But I would say that class does have an impact. I would say my advice to you, Tony, is in shorter distance races, class might because no one can seem to pinpoint what weight means like some people some form students will say like three and a half four pounds a length for sprint trips some will say five pound some as much as seven pound um depending on you speak to you know the the it's it's so like john do you agree that this could be like the size of the horse that's probably more important um absolutely yeah i mean if if you're gonna be looking 10 stone you know you don't want something that's Barely nothing, fifteen hands. <laughs> you know I mean? No. So, so I think I think I think I think yeah. I think the the quality of the horse. I think I think matters. But Tony, as a rule, you probably you probably right in. Well, I know you haven't. You've asked the question, but I would say eighty five. Not knowing the physicality of the horse and the progression, etc. I would say eighty five in a naught to eighty five. Yes, yes. That that I would say that. But there are instances when you can watch a video. And you can say, "Geez, that 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 doesn't look an eighty-five horse. That looks an hundred and ten horse. That that looks outstanding." Um, John will do. John will do this on many occasions. He'll message me and say, "You know, really like the look at this." And that, that's the thing. So that's when you can try and spot progression. So I'm not saying size is everything. It's the way they're put together. But at the same time, you know. I know it's to make everyone feel better. <laughs> I want a fella with a 13 inch cock. I said, Well, I'm not having three inches cut off for no fucker. <laughs> That's just like a ginger Hitler reply, that. <laughs> and he's terrible. He's a terrible yes. man. Okay, so we're going to finish the show then with uh, Jimmy Lindley. And um, I don't know if my uh, partner in crime's got anything. Uh, I'll kick us off with. Um, one I saw on Saturday, and it was down to Adam. Adam Norman gets a mention here. Good old Norman. Um, he said he had his Star Sports, what sports account closed yesterday. Um, so Ben Keith, you know what are you doing? Shutting Adam Norman's Star Star Sports account down. Terrible. Um, these restrictions. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, it was on Saturday, and it was at um, Thirsk, and it was. The leg where Paul Mulrennan was going for a fourteen timer, um, it was in the three fifty five race, and he was he was on a roll. Was Paul Mulrennan, but he wasn't on a roll in this race because Adam Norman messaged me before the race. He was there at Thirsk and he said, "This is fat and hairy, very fat and hairy," um, and 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 it's, and it's five to two jolly. So like 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 you do, you just stripe them and. 
I think Paul was basically having, I don't know, he might have got the message in the paddock saying, just look after this one. Well, he, he did look after right? it, was It was well out the back in the early stages, kept on, never really put in the race. If you've backed it, if your favourite backers, yeah, I don't think you'd be at uh, with the ride. Um, and I think Amandoe, because of its condition, i.e. fat, hairy, and probably not at the races, that old Trudy Willie Haggis thought, well, I don't really want a big mark for this. And if I can get 68 and I can go from, for a note to 70 somewhere, I'll piss up with her. So that's my uh, angle for Jimmy Lindley. Amon Zoe uh, is on, on the list. John, anything from you? I didn't have anything this week, mate. No. Well, I'll fly the flag. And that's, that's the one for us going forwards. So I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we certainly have. Um, we won't bore you too much, but I hope there's some pointers there going forwards. Are the, the two guinea fairs and how we see it? And uh, we're back on Friday as normal with uh, myself, John, uh, Quentin Franks. Uh, we need him beat in the naps table and um, uh, Neverlander. That's our four, I think, for Friday. So that's all from me. Bye for now.